Hello everyone and welcome again to another Teacher Joseph podcast. Inside each of us there's a voice which tells us we cannot succeed. It often haunts us like a ghost. We try to look at the vocabulary list, we try to read we try to speak in a different language and there's something in our minds which says simply, no, you can't do this, you won't do this, you're incapable of doing this. <clears throat> For some of us, that voice is a passing thought which we ignore but for others, that voice is something which keeps us back from learning. It holds us back and it convinces us that somehow we are not able or are not worthy of learning. The way I deal with this voice <clears throat> is, first of all, to give it space and to realize that it's there. And like any other problem in life, it needs to be overcome. If you ignore it, it will dig into every word you try to learn, and it will pop up again and again, <clears throat> assuring you that you'll never be able to get past even the first word in learning. Sometimes what I do with this voice is when it comes in a very strong way into my mind, I just take a moment, I sit down, and I say to myself, okay, I'm going to quieten my mind for one minute, and after that, I ask the question to the universe, if you don't want me to be in this cycle of self-criticism, what do you want me to think about? Now, I throw that question to the universe. You can call it whatever you want. You can call it your higher self. You can call it God. You can call it the Virgin Mary, you can call it your favorite actress, it really doesn't matter, okay? But I ask, if you don't want me to be in this cycle of self-criticism, what do you want me to think about? And then I wait for another minute and I'm expecting some kind of response. It could be a phone call that I have to make to my parents. It could be an old friend, maybe, that comes to my mind that I should call. Perhaps it's a act of good that I need to do, whether it's putting something in the food bank for someone at the supermarket, or whether it's, it could be anything, making a telephone call, uh, remembering a relative, but it's usually something which I've forgotten to do. 
And when I've done that thing, especially if it's an unselfish good act, then I return to the table of learning. And when I come back to the table of learning, knowing that I've just done a good act, then I find that I'm more joyful and that that voice, at least for those few moments, isn't there. So that's how I deal with it. That's how I deal with that negative voice. You need to develop a trust in your higher self to lead you on to where you want to get to. But whether our mind tells us that we are doing very well with English or whether our mind tells us that our English is amazing and great and fantastic, I think these are both sides of the same coin. I don't think it's possible to trust the bit that says you're doing well in the same way as that bit that tells you you're doing badly. I think both of these voices are fairly inaccurate. What I see as good and what I see as bad may be the opposite for you. What you might judge to be good and bad, I might find uh, different. Okay, so it's not possible to make a statement based only on our own eyes and ears. We have to develop some kind of trust. The great thing about sitting in silence for a few minutes is that it can remind us as to why we are studying languages in the first place. As you know, I'm studying Farsi, and some days I just come to the table, I look down at the book, and I see this writing, which I think, ooh, <laughs> this looks like a spider has walked into ink and walked across the page, because I don't understand any of it. And then there's other days, of course, when I come and I look at the page and I can read everything fluently. Of course, the voice in my head tells me on one day that this uh, is something I'll never understand. And on the good day, it tells me it's something which is very clear and I do understand it. And that can be reversed day to day. I try never to judge any situation. Sometimes students look to me to give them some kind of perfect feedback about how their English is. With new students, usually after 15 or 20 minutes, the question comes, so how is my English? And at that point, I think I'm usually very, very careful because whatever opinion I impress upon them is the opinion that they're going to carry. And to be quite honest, I don't think my opinion or someone else's opinion of your English can ever or should ever become something of your identity. 
because it's only my opinion. And what I think is bad, another teacher might think is perfect. What I think is perfect, another teacher might think is awful. So, of course, I pick up the positive points and I give them back to you, but I'm very, very careful not to fill your head with negativity because I know that you'll take that, you'll run away, and then punish yourself over it. It's human nature. It's what we do. There has to be some higher form of trust. And I think we find our higher selves when we sit in silence or we use some kind of meditation technique only for a few minutes. When we silence our mind, then things can drop in. And there we find the perfect description of who we are and what we are trying to achieve and why we're trying to achieve it. Now, this doesn't mean that you have to rush away to the nearest mountain and sit there for three hours in silence, but it does mean that you need to begin cultivating some kind of higher ideas about what you're able to do. There's a famous proverb in English which says that a fountain can go no higher than its source. And that means that the pump under the fountain, it pushes the water up, but the water can go no higher than the source, in this case, the pump, the mechanism which lies beneath it. So you need to start thinking about how you can get inside your mind to deal with this negative voice. For me personally, acts of good always help me with that. That phone call that I didn't make, that bit of food that I want to give to the food bank, even just getting people a cup of coffee at work or bringing a cup of coffee in or cakes for colleagues really can change that voice inside of us which tells us we're useless. Yesterday, I was talking to some friends about a series of movies called Sharknado. Now, if you haven't seen Sharknado, you really need to watch it. I think there's around six of them. And it's a really, really bad series of movies. You have a tornado with sharks in it. So you're in the supermarket doing your shopping. Suddenly a tornado hits the supermarket and you find yourself surrounded by sharks. Okay, it really is rough. It's one of those movies which if you want to pass your time and forget about the world, Sharknado really is for you. By all accounts, it's trashy. It's the kind of movie you just smile at and you think, oh, I can't believe they've made such a bad movie. It's so bad that I'm enjoying it. So I sat down with my uh, dinner last night. I had a burger and fries. I don't usually do that, but it seemed appropriate to watch Sharknado. 
It's really strange how movies like Sharknado give us a great sense of peace. I'm not sure why it is. Maybe it's just because it's a distraction or because they're just funny. But after watching Sharknado, there's a feeling of, ah, the world is calm again. It's the kind of feeling that you get if you've had problems with your belly. Maybe you couldn't go to the bathroom. And then when you finally do, there's a feeling of, ah, the world is at peace again. And I say all of this because we do all need our distractions sometimes. If we live a life in the outer world, we need to find ways to escape it. But if you're not already finding quiet times for, let's say, five or ten minutes a day, then you really need to begin doing that. To be alone with yourself is one of the scariest and most, uh, what can I say, upsetting things to do if you're not accustomed to it. To be confronted with just you and silence for even two minutes, if you're not used to it, can feel like an absolute lifetime because it reveals to you strategies that you've been using to avoid being alone with yourself. But yet, when you bring your learning to this place, when you become very aware that this silence is actually the source of your learning, then you tend to find that your world changes just a little bit. I could speak about this for hours, but I'm going to stop there because I think I've said enough about it. So I'm just challenging you today to find a few moments of silence to see what comes of that silence and then return to the table of learning. Because I think what will happen is when you go back to learn, you go back to it from another consciousness, another point of view, another mindset. That's it for me. See you all soon. Bye.